Welcome to Kim Knows Nothing. Yeah. That's Kim over there. Hi. And who am I? Stacy. Thanks. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you go to say someone's name and right before you say it, there's just like a half second of hesitation. Like, you, like you it's forget. been a while since I've said this person's name out loud. Oh, weird. Yeah. Sort of. I didn't have that just now. That's like when I meet somebody. Mm-hmm. They say, hi, my name is, my ears, like, turn off. Yeah. And I can't. Because you're selfish. I you're not interested. It. No, it just, uh, it, there's so much stress for but me. But does that ever happen to you when you're like, oh, it's been, like, a long time since I've said this person's name out loud? Yeah, because I call everybody by nicknames usually, too. So when I go to say their real name, sometimes that's tricky. Mm, good call. You're like, hey, chief. <laughs> hey, chief. <laughs> I call everybody chief. That's you what I'm do. known for. I do. It's so weird. I know. Um, anyway, that's Stacy. Anyways, all right. This is Kim Knows Nothing. Those intros are getting tighter and better every single they're week. They're so good. <laughs> so I will be sharing with Kim a true crime story because I know everything about true crime. And I've researched this story. Kim knows nothing about it. I'm a common... The most common word... The word that I most commonly misspell is the word and. Come on. I swear. Like when you're typing? Yeah, when I'm writing. typing. Okay. I will, when I, I know how to spell it, but the I will commonly, my fingers will write <laughs> A-D-N. Interesting. Yeah. Do you invert N and D other times? In no, other it's just, I just don't know how to spell the word hand when typing. She's a moron. Yeah. You're smart in other ways. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you tell somebody, no, like you're, you're pretty in, in unconventional ways. Yeah. That's my smart. That's your smart. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty in a very conventional way. Very much so. Yeah. Um, Kim has sound effects as well. <laughs> You'll hear that um, when I have an erection. I don't know what that Ew. one's for. What's wrong that's with you? A lot. That's, I, that's what, that is like a cartoon version. You're gross. You're yucky. You know, I thought that that joke would get a lot more support in this room. Um, I'm not one for, like, the dirty stuff. The, the, the bathroom humor? No, I get really weird you about it. You know me. I got the face of a supermodel and the brain of a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kim knows nothing. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Um, are you ready for this story? Am I going to be scared? Maybe. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Kim always gets bummed out. I'm always bummed out by these stories. As if I'm not, though. I get bummed out, too. You got a cold, cold heart, Stacy. Well, when I'm sitting here researching these, like, this one took me about seven hours to write it, research it, do the whole thing. It's a lot of work. I, I came in. I was ready to go in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm drinking your Fresca from your fridge. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I get all deep into it, and then I get freaked out sometimes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. This one, I hope you haven't heard of it. You've never heard of any of them. I've never heard of anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything yeah. All right. So this one is about a murder. Ooh. <gasps> <laughs> or Oops. maybe it was an accident. Whoops. I don't know yet. Talking murds on the cast Talking this week. Talking murds on the cast. That's right. Kim's yeah. catchphrase. People love it. The people have spoken. Pe when I walk out the door, yeah, people are throwing confetti at me and i'm <laughs> so like Ugh, gross it's in my mouth like, i'm just trying to walk and they're like murds on the cast we love it we're doing murds on the cast every week <laughs> that's so weird <laughs> it's so weird but it, it's true but you have your fan base and mm -hmm. 
I do. I'm jealous of it. (laughs) All right. So let's just jump right in, okay? Let's get into it. Here we go. In June of 2015, the Greene County Sheriff's Office of Springfield, Missouri, put out a notice to the public to be on the lookout for a missing mother and daughter. Oh, no. Oh, no. I already, like, (laughs) am very creeped out by this. So the mother, her name was Dee Dee Blanchard. Mm -hmm. She was a sweet... A very well-liked 48-year-old woman originally from Louisiana. Okay. Dee Dee, she was a larger woman. She had curly brown hair, and she often pulled it back with ribbons. Oh. Sweet. I love this. Dee Dee. I feel like her ribbons matched her outfit. Possibly. Yeah. Dee Dee didn't have a job. Instead, she was a full-time caretaker to her extremely ill daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Mm. A concerned neighbor had called the police about the mother and daughter. And uh, when the police entered the home on June 14th, 2015, Dee Dee's dead body had been found in her bedroom, lying oh. face down on the bed in a pool of blood, having been stabbed several times in the back. And her young daughter, Gypsy Rose, was missing. Oh, no. The entire community suddenly became very worried for this girl's safety. What kind of sickness did she have, if I may ask? I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, okay. Kim's always got those good questions. <laughs> yeah. It's almost <laughs> like I have a... Real knack for investigating. You do. You do. <laughs> uh, Gypsy was small and frail. She was only about five feet tall. That's like your height. Oh, that's so cute. Listen, that's <laughs> not a bad height, Gypsy. I feel like no. Kim's 5'1". Five, 5'1 one. Five, one and a half. That's okay. the same height as Reese Witherspoon and America's Sweetheart, Rachel Bilson. Never heard you say that before. What? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's on my business card. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your tagline. Yeah. Um, I didn't was... get that tattoo for no reason, you know? Oh, yeah, it's a tattoo. It's like tattooed on your forehead, so I'm always reading it. Yeah, I don't want to keep telling people. Right. Um, it was hard to actually tell how tall she was because she was also confined to a wheelchair. Um, she had been diagnosed with several illnesses, including leukemia, chromosomal defects, muscular dystrophy, epilepsy, severe asthma, sleep apnea, and hearing and vision problems. So this is a very sick Damn. young girl. Uh, She also had a feeding tube and sometimes needed to use an oxygen tank to help her breathe. Gypsy, she was a teenager with a soft, high-pitched voice. She was really thin and pale. Her head was shaved. She had big, like, large glasses, and she always had a big smile. She was always, like, you know, kind of like the sick kid who's always optimistic and smiling and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like any movie on Freeform. Yes, exactly like that. Uh, she would often wear hats or wigs, and her favorite her favorite way to dress was usually in princess outfits. I love her. She's very sweet. Yeah. Uh, Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee, would remind people that her daughter had brain damage um, because she was born prematurely, and so she had the learning abilities of a seven-year-old. Um, and so she also was homeschooled by her mother. And Gypsy and Dee Dee, they were always together. So uh, Dee Dee was born in 1967 as Claudine Pitra in Louisiana, and when she was 24 years old, she had her daughter, Gypsy, with um, then 17-year-old Rod Blanchard. Whoa! Yeah, he was in high school. She was older. Definitely weird. Yeah. You know what? That will elicit a... Yeah. Kind of my reaction. That sound effect just sounds like me, Yeah, it's like, like oh. people. Yeah, kind of weird there. Yeah. Um, they quickly kind of... Got- Illegal? Maybe not. Still pretty gross. Definitely questionable. Yeah. Um, They quickly got married because Dee Dee was pregnant, so seemed like the right thing to do. But Rod, 
he decided he didn't particularly want to be a father. And so by the time well, they're <laughs> this just it happens. He was 17. Yeah, I know. No shit. He didn't want to be a father. I know. He wanted to do things like, I don't know, become 18. Yeah. Grow facial hair that doesn't look wispy. Ew. I know. that. Yeah. I'm just picturing that. Um, buy alcohol legally. Yeah. Um... She's thinking really hard, you guys. Her <laughs> eyes are just wandering. She's thinking of all the things you can do. So many things. So they quickly got married, but Rod decided he didn't particularly particularly want to be a father. And so by the time their daughter was born, they had already separated and then eventually divorced. Dang. Kim's face is like, she's not surprised. No, I mean, it seemed like a match made in heaven. Sort of. Not really at all. <laughs> no. Um, Dee Dee described her ex-husband as a deadbeat alcoholic drug addict who mocked his daughter's disabilities and wanted nothing to do with her. This guy sounds like, and I'm, I'm trying to think of what the technical word is, and I think medically speaking, uh, he's an asshole. Got it. He sounds like a real asshole. He sounds like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> yeah. A sneeze of a human. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Dee Dee and her daughter Gypsy, the home where they lived in Springfield, Missouri, had been built for them in 2008 by Habitat for Humanity. The mother and daughter had been tragically displaced after Hurricane Katrina, and they had settled uh, there in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, their new home had a wheelchair ramp and was fully equipped for all of Gypsy's needs, including a special jacuzzi tub to help her with her muscular problems. Oh, wow. So really nice. The community's always yeah. helping them. That's great. Because Dee Dee did not work, she did everything she could to get help paying for all of her daughter's treatments in their neighborhood where all the other homes had been built by Habitat for Humanity, so it's all families in need. Um, Dee Dee would do summer movie night screenings for the other families in the neighborhood, and she would sell concessions at a discount, and the profits would go towards Gypsy's treatments. I love that. Right. Through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Gypsy had gotten to meet her favorite country artist, Miranda Lambert, and her then-husband, Blake choice. Shelton, right? Uh, not a great choice. Well, they're not together anymore. I had to look that up because I don't know anything about They're not people. together anymore. He no. goes with Gwen Stefani now. Oh, right. I think I've seen that on a magazine. Yeah. He just recently was awarded the... Have you seen him? Do you know what his face looks like? Maybe. It's, um, he was just... He's handsome. He's, he's... Oh, he was like... He's like the sexiest... Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I don't, I don't no. agree with that. I don't agree with no that. No one did. No one did. No, I, don't I think, think that's honestly, right. even Gwen Stefani was like, ooh, mm. I'm done with Kevin Rosdale. Like. <laughs> um, so in 2003, courtesy of the Children's Wish Endowment, Gypsy and Dee Dee, they had been sent on an all-expenses-paid trip to Walt Disney World. Dang. Um, so they received a lot of charity. Um, the mother and daughter were loved and taken care of by their community. So when they went missing, it was really concerning to a lot of people. Yeah. Suspicions initially arose. Um, the reason that police were looking for the mother and daughter was um, when it appeared on Dee Dee's Facebook page. And she actually shared it with, with her daughter. They both like shared a Facebook page. Couples um, do that, and I never know who I'm talking... Like, it's weird. Who who posted that? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. There was a post on this page that made people think maybe their page got hacked because um, the comment said, this was on June 14th, that day that, that she was found dead. It said, that bitch is dead, exclamation point. Whoa! Yeah. 
it people, was a status. It yeah, it was like DD like the page was like D Jip, so it's like both of them. Mm-hmm. They posted this status. Whoa. And people were like, what? People, is this a joke? I don't know the rest of the story. But people <laughs> love posting their crimes on Facebook. Yeah, I know. It's so dumb. It's don't bad. do that. It's very bad. So um, people began responding, thinking it was a joke. And they're like, there's no way that like Dee Dee, the mom, would post that or the daughter. It was very confusing. Yeah. And then a few hours later, another post from Dee Dee's page saying, quote, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. <gasps> her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. Really bad. Oh, my God. That's so messed up. That's like in all caps. Oh. Okay. So people are like, whoa, something's wrong, right? Yeah. A friend of Dee Dee's who lived nearby, um, Kim Blanchard, her last name is sounds similar to Dee Dee and Gypsy's last name. No relation. Mm. Okay. Um. She became concerned and decided to give Dee Dee a call. Dee Dee didn't answer, so Kim's husband, David, suggested they go over to the house and check on them. Yeah. When they got there, a crowd of concerned neighbors had already gathered outside. All because of this Facebook post, which is crazy. You know why? Why? Because if you see something... Say something. Say something. Or you see something, show up at their house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If Um, you post anything, I'm coming over. I never post. It's always through Instagram, usually. Anything I see on Instagram. Okay. I'm coming over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So people are gathered outside, but it's hard to see in the windows because there was a protective film on the window, so you can't really see in the house. Mm -hmm. Dee Dee's car was still in the driveway, and people knocked on the door, but there's no answer. The friend, Kim, that's your name. That's me. Yeah. She called 911. I would. (laughs) But the police couldn't actually enter the home without a search warrant, so they had to wait for several hours. And the police started taking statements from everyone they could while they waited on the search warrant. And people began commenting on those Facebook posts um, with, like, a lot of concern, saying, like, are you guys okay? What's going on? Finally, at 1045 that night. I mean, I feel like there's really no reason to post that because it's not like the person that wrote those statuses is going to be like, oh, come on. Like, no, it's they're dead or whatever. You know what I mean? They're not going to respond. Well, number one. Why post that on Facebook? Number two, why respond on Facebook? My personal opinion is why put anything personal on Facebook? Like, hey, guys, I've been sick for a while. Don't feel bad for me. It's yeah. like, just call your family. Just That's call your my- family. <laughs> Don't put it on stupid Facebook. <laughs> You're feeling sick. If you feel really sick, go to the doctor. If yeah. you feel minimally sick, text a couple friends. Ugh, I feel sick. And then they'll yeah. text you their sympathy. Yeah. Because it's a face-to-face thing. Right. If I, this is how you'll know that I have been Hashtag taken. Got it. <laughs> um, Hashtag Liam Neeson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is if I ever post like, ugh, fever. Then you'll be like, call my mom on, she's been taken. <laughs> um, okay, so that, that night at 10.45 p.m., the night of June 14th, the search warrant comes through and police entered the home. They found Dee Dee dead on her bed from stab wounds. She had been dead for several days. Oh. Then why wait so long? That's what I know. I don't know. Okay. What are, you, what are you thinking right now at this moment, Kim? That it was like a freak thing. I don't know. I'm kind of going back to this lame ass 17 year old putz. He sounds like a putz. The dad? Yeah. Well, he's not 17 anymore. So hashtag 17 again. <laughs> <laughs> Their daughter's a teenager, so he's like at least 30 something. Nah, he sounds like a putz still. <laughs> okay. Maybe the dad's involved somehow? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Or. Somebody did it and then took the f- their phone or laptop or something and then was like, 
I'm bored. A couple days later, I know what to do. That's all. Post on Facebook. Yeah. Well, as the police began their investigation, a young woman came forward who had some information. Her name was Aaliyah Woodmancy, and she said that Gypsy had confided in her that she had a secret online boyfriend. Oh. So our little sickly Gypsy has a secret online boyfriend. Oh. Yes. Okay, I'm painting quite the picture for, like, I'm, I'm kind of painting. <laughs> You're changing your... <laughs> yeah. Now I got an idea of what I think happened. Okay. Well, what's your idea? I think maybe this boyfriend that they were like, we can never be together because yeah. DD says no. Right. And he was like, I got an idea that'll <laughs> make us be together forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good theory. Okay. Thank you. Gypsy had confided to her friend Aaliyah using a fake Facebook account under the name Emma Rose. Um, Gypsy... Um, they found out had like five different fake Facebook accounts because her mom really strictly like, was very strict about the internet and wouldn't let her on Facebook. So Gypsy would kind of go behind her back and she had these different Whoa. fake accounts. Gypsy wrote to Aaliyah in October 2014, quote, this is my personal account. My mom is still overprotective, so she don't know about this account, end quote. She confessed to Aaliyah that she had met a man on a Christian single site and hadn't told her mother about it because her mother was over overprotective and did not approve of her dating. Oh. The man's name was Nicholas Godajan, and they had been communicating for over two years. This is like some catfish shit. Sounds like it, right? Yeah. The pair talked as if they were already in a very serious relationship, discussing their future children's names. Like, they were serious. <sighs> Listen. Yeah. If I could have everybody that's in a serious online-only relationship for six months plus come meet me over here for just a moment. <laughs> um, this is Kim's Corner, by the way. There's always one of these. Kim's Corner. Last week, it was about soul patches. This about soul patches. This week. Yeah. Uh, doubling down, fellas, shave it or grow it. Make Decide one. Um, come on over here. Um, FaceTime. Yeah. At least once. Right. So you can... You gotta know it's real. Because you're thinking maybe this guy is catfishing her or she's catfishing him because she's... Well, she, it, it's been established that she is in even just minimally catfishing him. Okay. Who knows what their romance, like what she's telling him. Right. But she was using a fake name, right? Yes. She's using several fake accounts. And so probably because she has several accounts, they probably don't all have the same picture. I wonder. So immediately we know that a minimal style catfish minimum minimum style <laughs> yeah. okay well so after Aaliyah let the police know about this online relationship um they took down his name and they uh started their investigation by tracing that post those two posts that were on the facebook page and they got an ip address you know what an ip address is mm -hmm. it's pronounced ip Internet protocol. Oh, I didn't know. You didn't know that's going <laughs> No, yes. I don't know what it. I barely know what it is. That so that you know what computer you use? It's location. Okay. Yeah. So Wait, will I have a different IP address if I go home? You can change. You can have um, your system change its IP address frequently so that it's harder to be tracked or traced, but your IP address. Um, can be linked to where you are based on your ISP, which is your internet service provider. But does it, is it always attached to your computer or is it always attached to your physical location? It's attached to your computer 
and where your computer is getting the internet from. Gotcha. Cool. That's how they know. The internet is a series of tubes. <laughs> Thanks, Al Gore. <laughs> so the IP address was registered to Nicholas Godijohn, Ooh. the online boyfriend, 600 miles away in Big Bend, Wisconsin. Yeah. That's shocking. It is shocking. And it's called shocking. Oh, good. This is a new sound effect from Stacy today. That's right. I downloaded some sound effects for Kim. Yeah. Uh, so the next day on June 15th, police made a visit to Nicholas Godijohn. There you are nailing that last name, by the way. Godijohn. That's a tough one, I it's feel we- like. It's weird. How's it spelled? G-O-D-E-J-O-H-N. No X? <laughs> there are three X's right in the middle. Oh, shit. But those are silent. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, there was kind of a brief standoff. He didn't really want to talk to the police, and he was a little combative. But eventually, he, like, surrendered. And in his home, they found Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She's in his house. This is like a straight-up Lifetime movie. What do you think her condition is in this house? She's fucking living it. <laughs> I think <laughs> she's living the dream. I think she's popping bottles. I think she is. But she's wheelchair-bound. She can still pop bottles. It's probably not good for her. I think maybe, I don't know. Okay. I think she could. She could pop bottles. Yeah. Okay. So um, Gypsy was unharmed and well, just like what you thought. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I thought she was popping bottles. Popping bottles. Um, She also didn't have any of her medication with her or her oxygen tank. um, And she was walking. (laughs) I like don't even know what sound effect to use for that. (laughs) It's a miracle. I'm fucking floored right now. (laughs) When you were like, she doesn't have any medication or oxygen, I was like, oh, well then like, maybe this is different than what we thought. She was taken because she wasn't prepared to leave. She's fucking walking. That's insane. Okay, go on. And now I'm like, now this really is a Lifetime movie. Oh, totally. This story is like one of the craziest stories you'll ever hear. Oh, my God. You know I love movie of the weeks. I got to get me the rights (laughs) to this story. I'm making it. I'm directing this movie. (laughs) So obviously nothing is as it seems at this point. When the guys walked in, were they like, um, I'm rubbing my eyes like, Yeah, it was that kind of moment. Wow. So the mom, Dee Dee Blanchard, turns out she went by many pseudonyms, and she often lied about her background. Oh, no. Gypsies. With your ribbons. I know. Gypsy's father, Rod Blanchard, was not a deadbeat alcoholic, and in fact, he had been making monthly child support payments of $1,200 every single month to his daughter. Rod? Rod. I'm sorry, Rod. I'm sorry I said you were a putz. He didn't want to be a dad, but he was still going to at least send child He's support payments. He's a stand-up payments. guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, That's Rod. That's what it turns out to be. Putz. Listen, I try to trick you, you know, because at first, nothing is as it me. seems. Everyone is the exact opposite of what you think they are. And yet, I never catch on. <laughs> Remember when in the um, Schneeberger case, you said you got new blood? You were right. <laughs> Right, he got new blood. Still gets Schneeberger. <laughs> um, and Gypsy, who many had thought had been about, she was like 18 years old. She was actually 24 years old. What? She didn't even know this. She did oh not. Oh my God. She did not know her real age. She was born on July 27th, 1991. 
Same year as me. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you said 1941. Same year as me. <laughs> wait, wait. Now she's super old. Now I'm confused. <laughs> so Rod, he said that his daughter was perfectly healthy at birth. But at three months, Dee Dee, the mom, she was convinced that her baby had sleep apnea, that Gypsy would stop breathing in the night. Doctors ran several rounds of tests and they found nothing wrong with her. But Dee Dee, she was convinced, blaming the sleep apnea and all future illnesses on a chromosomal defect. She was convinced her daughter's sick. Oh, man. So over the years, Dee Dee always had new theories about what was wrong with her child. Um, There was always a new doctor, a new kind of drug, and it got out of hand. By age four, Gypsy was put in a wheelchair by her mother, and she never questioned it. She could walk, but she listened to her mother, who told her it was best that when they're in front of people, she just don't walk, just stay in the wheelchair. And Gypsy listened to her and did what she said. Even her father, Rod, who he had remarried and had two other children, um, he made um, a couple visits to see his daughter every once in a while, and even he didn't know that she could walk. She didn't tell anybody. Wow. I am fucking floored by this. <laughs> this is crazy, right? <laughs> so Dee Dee told doctors that Gypsy had seizures, so she was prescribed anti-seizure medication. She claimed her daughter had vision and hearing problems, and doctors actually operated on her, putting tubes in her <gasps> ears, operating on her eyes. She went through a lot of medical procedures. Um, Dee Dee insisted to one doctor after another that her daughter had muscular dystrophy, even after a muscle biopsy proved she didn't. If Gypsy had a cold or a cough, she was taken to the emergency room. So this girl's not sick, but she's being treated as if she's sick. When Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005... Is it um, Munchausen syndrome? She has Munchausen syndrome. You're quick. It's not Munchausen. It's Munchausen by proxy. I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. (laughs) Um, When Hurricane... Oh, okay. Okay, there's a difference. Gotcha. So when Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005, they ended up in a special needs shelter in Covington, Louisiana. Um, Because remember, they started out in Louisiana and ended up going to Missouri. That's right. And and a doctor there named Janet Jordan, she took a special interest in these two, felt really sorry for them. She suggested that they move to Missouri. Um, Dee Dee and Gypsy were actually airlifted to their new location in Missouri in September 2005 and were set up in temporary housing. (laughs) They were given lots of special treatment. This story is insane, but Dee Dee, so good at it, though. Totally. Remember, they went to Walt Disney World. They met Randall Lambert, all this stuff, and the girl is not sick at all. Man. So in 2008, they moved into their brand new home built for them by Habitat for Humanity. The whole situation of Dee Dee treating her daughter as if she were sick, when in fact she's not, can be linked to a syndrome called... Munchausen by proxy. The DSM-5, which is the latest edition of the uh, psychological diagnoses. Mm. Um, DSM-5? DSM-5. By Nintendo? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's kind of like a Nintendo Switch. Cool. But it's like the psychology version. Cool. (laughs) Um, It defines a syndrome as the production or feigning of physical or psychological symptoms in another person, usually a child or adult, under the care of the person with the disorder. So Dee Dee has the syndrome where she is making it seem that her daughter is sick when she's not. So if, okay. Munchausen would be, you're kind of like a hy- hypochondriac. I'm sick, everybody. Give me attention. I'm sick when they're not. Gotcha. Munchausen by proxy is you are putting that on somebody else. 
So Dee Dee was never officially diagnosed with Munchausen by proxy, but based on her behaviors, it seemed really likely. And in fact, a lot of people who have that condition, um, it starts out with, they say, um, my child has some sort of like sleep apnea. That's usually how it starts. And that's how it started in this situation. Kind of interesting. That is interesting. I wonder why. I I don't know. I feel like it's the first concern you have as a parent is your baby... um, dying in their sleep, not being able to breathe. Yeah, that's a nightmare scenario. Yeah, I think sure. that's the, that's the I first... I don't know how new parents sleep. First honestly. concern you have. I know, for sure. Um, Dee Dee had kept a journal listing all the symptoms that she had told various doctors so she could keep track of it. Oh, and she God, changed... Dee Dee, with your ribbons in your hair. Damn it, I know, it, she's not sweet. And she changed doctors a lot, often somehow misplacing medical documents. And after Hurricane Katrina, she claimed all of her daughter's medical documents had been washed away. There was no trace. So if you add to the confusion, it's like, well, okay, sure, we're just going to, you know. Um, And over the years, even Gypsy believed she was sick. She said that when her mom told her she had leukemia, she believed her mom. Damn. She always wanted to please her mom, and so she would do what she was asked. When doctors tested Gypsy for muscular dystrophy in 2001 and it came back negative, that was not enough for Dee Dee. And she went to doctor after doctor until one of them would just take the information at face value and just believe that this patient had that disease and they would just move forward with it. So there's a lot of deception and a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of work to keep that up. Also, I guess I assume that she didn't have a lot of money because this was her Mm. full-time job. So then how is she, she must have had like ACEs insurance. Just, uh... I don't know about insurance, but lots of donations from people. Mm. Um, um, Also, they spent a lot of time early on living in Ronald McDonald houses. Oh. So she was always taking charity. That's how, and she made a lot of money doing that. Dang. Yeah. Um, There was one doctor who did suspect something was awry. In uh, in 2007, a pediatric neurologist named Bernardo Flasterstein wrote in his (laughs) notes... Kim likes that name. I thought you would. <laughs> yeah. He wrote in his notes after meeting Dee Dee and Gypsy, quote, the mother is not a good historian. So he's seeing holes in all of her stories. And mm. He evaluated uh, Gypsy's muscles and noticed they were quite strong for a patient with muscular muscular dystrophy. dystrophy. Um, someone who's wheelchair bound would have, um, would not have very good muscles like in their legs. Yeah. But Gypsy had like normally formed muscles like a person who could walk. You would, you would think that they would have atrophied by then too. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that can happen. But this girl, Gypsy, was walking. So her muscles... <laughs> she just was like at home walking around yeah. and then the doorbell rings. She's like, Gypsy, get in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Dr. Flasterstein strongly suggested Munchausen by proxy, and he put that in his notes. Way to get on it, Dr. F. Yeah. I'm not going to even try. Dee Dee read that in the notes and angrily decided she was never going to see him again. She stormed out saying this doctor doesn't know what he's talking about. When interviewed, Dr. Flasterstein said he wished he had done more, and he felt really bad for Gypsy in particular. Um, so what exactly happened to Dee Dee? What's your theory know. now after knowing all of this? Now I feel like Dee Dee did it. Dee Dee walking around with a knife. Dee Dee's the mom. Gypsy's the daughter. And now I feel like Gypsy did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the murder had been planned out by Gypsy and her boyfriend. Text messages were found detailing their plan. They FaceTimed at some point, I bet. Um, I'm not sure about that. Okay. 
It's no evidence of that. Okay. So we don't know the catfish situation. Cannot confirm. Okay. I think it was just <laughs> Facebook messages and texts. Okay. So Nicholas said to Gypsy in one message, Honey, you forget I'm ruthless and my hatred of her will force her to die. It's my evil side doing it. He won't mess up because he enjoys killing. Ew! Isn't that awful? Ew, you suck! Isn't <laughs> <laughs> freaky? So gross. So in their online relationship, Gypsy and Nicholas were into BDSM imagery, which is like bondage, gross stuff. Yeah. Gypsy, and, and there, so there's photos you can see of Gypsy who looks like the sickliest, her head shaved, like big like Coke bottle glasses, smiling all sweet. Then there's pictures of her dressed as Harley Quinn with like a wig what? and she's like holding a knife and like licking the knife. It's it, crazy. Ugh. So, and she was sending pictures like that to Nicholas, and she posted them on her other fake Facebook accounts. Wow. So, this part, this part's weird. Nicholas, it's all weird. <laughs> Nicholas had never been convicted of any violent crimes before. His only criminal record was watching porn in a McDonald's in 2013. <laughs> Which is so weird. Are you kidding me? Also, like, it's like very specific. Very specific. Why would you do that? Why? Why? Just go home. Yeah. Like, also, or like go in the bathroom. I mean, don't do it there anyway. Don't do it at all. Just wait a minute. Ugh. It's like the worst and weirdest thing ever. Oh, <laughs> But it was Nicholas who had wielded the knife, and he was the one who stabbed Dee Dee to death. When interviewed by police separately, both Gypsy and Nicholas told the same story. Gypsy texted Nicholas when her mother had gone to bed, and she had left plastic gloves and a knife by the door for him. Oh. So, Gypsy was told by Nicholas, go hide in the bathroom and cover your ears. <gasps> oh. And Nicholas went into Dee Dee's room as she slept. And as he was stabbing her, she called out for Gypsy. And Gypsy recalled feeling very guilty and wanting to go out and help her mother, but she didn't. She was just frozen in fear. And yeah. After the murder, the two had sex on Gypsy's bed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Really bad. oh, wait, on Gypsy's bed. Not, not on, on Dee Dee's bed. bed. Not okay. where the body was. Still gross. But still, still gross. your mom's dead in the other room, and that's what you're going to do. Was that the first time she had sex? Because that's. I would imagine even so, because she never was allowed to have any contact with, oh, yeah. with boys or anything like that. She was never really alone with anybody except her mother. Um, Nicholas ended up, um, this, the genius that he is, he mailed the knife to his address in Wisconsin <laughs> so that he wouldn't be caught with it. Just like. <laughs> It seems like the uh, like oh what a genius idea I have like a genius idea of a moron like let me mail it to myself so stupid like throw it in the like, ocean um, what are you doing well there's no ocean what was the one that we talked about a an early episode where they took the murder weapon home with them and it was a rock oh yeah that was um the psychic vision one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just, no he he gave the rock to his girlfriend <laughs> just leave the rock yeah just. Throw it in a crease. Yeah. It's a rock. Like, it's never going to be found. Yeah, people are crazy. So stupid. So then they left the house after the murder, and they hid out in a hotel for several days. They were caught on surveillance cameras around town. Gypsy was wearing a long black wig, and she's walking around town, and... Um, they probably were like, that girl kind of looks like Gypsy who's missing, but she's walking, so it couldn't possibly be her. Well, also, no one knew Gypsy or Dee Dee were missing or anything had happened to them. That's why Gypsy posted on Facebook. 
because nobody knew her mom was dead. Nobody knew anything had happened for several days. So she's like, let me post on Facebook so the police go find my mom. Let me tell you the problem with Facebook posts. There's so many things, but you say one. Just atten- You don't need the attention. No. You're gonna- Someone's going to find out. Yes. And then you're going to get caught. And right. then you'll have your precious attention. Right. Kim's Corner. <laughs> People cro- posting crimes on Facebook, meet me in the corner. <laughs> so when interviewed, Gypsy said... Quote, I feel like I was just as used as everybody else. She used me as a pawn. I was in the dark about it. The only thing I knew was that I could walk and that I could eat. So remember, she had a feeding tube, but she knew she could eat. Um, As for everything else, well, she'd shave my hair off and she'd say, it's going to fall out anyway, so let's keep it nice and neat. Which is really sad that this mom is shaving this girl's head constantly. Even Gypsy's voice is high-pitched and childlike, something she says she can't control and is just a symptom of, like, the Im- abusive environment she was raised in. And she was encouraged to act more childlike. Remember, she... That's right. She's she, older than even she knows, and her mom wants her to be this little child. She's supposed to not be developmentally beyond seven. Right. She actually... Yeah. She was a little bit behind because she never had a proper education, but she was actually pretty articulate and intelligent, there, she didn't have this, you know, this learning disability or anything that her mom had said she had. So um, Gypsy claimed that her mother had physically abused her, including threatening to, like, smash her fingers with a hammer and even chained her to the bed one time when Gypsy – Gypsy did at one point. She she ran away and tried to go um, to this, like, comic book convention and meet up with somebody, and her mom brought her back, and, like, Gypsy claimed that she was, like, chained to the bed. And, like – So she really was, like, a prisoner yeah. as far as Gypsy – uh, says um, Gypsy was brought to trial and the county prosecutor showed her a little bit of mercy um, Dan Patterson was his name the Green County prosecutor he said he could have convicted Gypsy for first degree murder and sent her to prison for life or even to death row but this was a quote extraordinary and unusual case um, in which uh, the daughter was abused by her mother mm-hmm. he offered her a plea bargain And in July 2016, Gypsy pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, and she received a 10-year jail sentence that she's now serving. Uh, Nicholas Godijan, he'll be tried for first-degree murder in November of this year, 2018. Oh, man. In prison, Gypsy's hair grew out. She has, like, long, curly hair now. Um, She she put on weight, and she looks, like, healthy. Um, And she's, like, in the best health she's ever been in. And she says being in prison is so much better than living under her mom's roof. Oh. So that's a pretty sad story. I wonder if she's getting therapy in prison. I don't know. I wonder. I don't know. It's really, our prison system is just, needs a lot of help because someone like this is a great example of someone that should be serving time for a crime, but also needs to get some pretty severe mental health and also needs to get an education. Be rehabilitated. So when she goes, she's not a, I don't know that she is necessarily like a murderer as in she would murder anybody on the street. No. She's a victim of some pretty severe child abuse. Well, yeah. And then her her first thought is to get out of the situation. I have to kill. Yeah. So that needs to be uh, this deprogrammed. This boyfriend's bad news. He should oh, be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like he should be convicted. And I mean, the guy watching porn in McDonald's already like, you're garbage. <laughs> you already know I say bad. you're sent to jail for life for doing that. <laughs> That's for that. terrible. It's the worst. Um, all right. Final thoughts on this case. Kim. You know, I did have one thought while in the beginning of the story yeah. or when you told me the twist. Yeah. I thought, um, 
it's a very tragic story. Yes. For both, like, uh, Dee Dee obviously has some pretty severe mental health issues as well. Yeah. The daughter, that's a tragedy on either side of it. That's something she's going to be really fucked up over for a very long time. Yeah. Um, But the other thing that is that sucks is you hear a lot of stories about parents that are like something is wrong with my kid and the doctor says that it there isn't oh yeah for but sure no intrinsic intrinsically they they know something's definitely wrong with my kid right and stories like that make it harder for mm-hmm. these parents to be able to something when something is legitimately wrong with their kid and they are trying to just get help right Stories like that make it harder for them to do so. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you sound like that one woman who just wanted her daughter to be sick for attention. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Good one. That's my outro. All right, Kim, (laughs) why don't you let us know how can we be found on social media? Go to the internet. (laughs) You have that? (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, we are at Kim Knows Nothing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you will find additional links to stuff that we have talked about or vaguely referenced. And I just decided this episode that I think one day a week we'll do Kim's Corner. That's pretty and good. We'll talk more about stuff in Kim's <laughs> Corner, like soul patches and the importance of FaceTiming uh, when you're in an, a long-term online-only relationship. Yes, and appropriate, so make sure. appropriate Facebook posts. Yes, appropriate Facebook posts. Yes. <laughs> Very good. All that and more in Kim's Corner. And also, if you're already following us on Instagram and Twitter, don't be afraid to, like, you know, get in there with some comments. Yeah. Yeah. Leave us leave us some feedback. Give yeah. us a like. We've got a bunch oh, of listeners. Oh, and shout out to uh, our... We have a fan on Twitter named Maria who always Sweet. likes our posts. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thanks, Maria. Like, Thanks, Maria. Love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, listeners, um, feel free to rate us on your podcast app. The more ratings we get, the easier it is for people to find us when they're searching for true crime. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for listening. We love you. Signing off. Bye. <laughs>